All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. Welcome in to a Monday, June 19th edition of Daily Faceoff Live. As always, presented by Botano. The game starts now at Botano.ca. Monday, June 19th, we hope William Carlson and the rest of the Vegas Golden Knights are doing okay with day two of their hangover, Frank. Yeah, it was uh, quite a scene and love to see it. Uh, love to see all the people out in Vegas as well who have supported that team quite literally, as he pointed out, since day one. We'll have more on that a little bit later on uh, on the show. But also, Frank, last week was relatively quiet. I'm starting to get bored. You're the plugged in NHL insider. Am I going to get some news to chew on this week? I think so. Yeah, we saw the buyout window open on Friday with a bang. We'll touch on that in a second. But teams, some teams, Tyler, were doing their pro scouting meetings last week. Uh-huh. They come through that now with a game plan an angle of attack. Some action is going to be heating up this week for sure on the trade front. So watch out for that. I'm going to be pissed off if you're lying to me, so I'm going to hold you to it. Uh, let's talk about the news we got on Friday coming out of Vancouver. So two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock. Oliver Ekman Larson, you're a free agent coming a lot sooner than he probably thought when he signed that big, long eight-year deal back when he was still a member of the Arizona Coyotes. Let's break this down first, Frank, from the Canucks perspective, though. They were actually over the cap. They had to do something. Was buying out Oliver Ekman Larson and keeping him on the books for eight more seasons Was that the smart play here? You know, I I tend to think not, and I understand why they did it. The cap savings in this first year alone are pretty significant. As you can see on the chart, $7.1 million in cap space for the Vancouver Canucks created. It's a long time to have that on the books. Um, This actually doesn't even include all of the years. There's only seven years on this chart. It goes for eight. 
So yeah. it's a long time to buy someone out. It's a lot of money in real cash, 20 plus million dollars for the Canucks to pay Oliver Ekman Larson to go away. And so I, I think, look, there's multi, there's a, a multifaceted uh, breakdown to this. Part of it starts with the trade that the Vancouver Canucks made uh, in the Jim Benning regime to, to go out and, and get Oliver Ekman Larson. They thought he'd be a difference maker. And in a lot of ways, they kicked their cap trouble down the road. They acquired JB, uh, they sent away Jay Beagle, Antoine Roussel, and Louis Erickson, guys that combined for $12 million in cap hits that only had one more year on their deal. So they moved that off of their books and took a more long-term approach with Ekman Larson. And now they're kind of, in a way, Tyler, doing the same thing around. Different regime, yes, but they're taking the savings that they're going to get now and they're going to spread that out over the next few years. And so that $4.7 million cap hit that's going to be on their books a couple years from now, they're betting that the cap will be in the mid-90s by then, that it won't be too much of an issue to shoulder uh, a burden to have as dead cap space. And in a way, they're right. But they also could have not put themselves in this position, this current regime, by acquiring more salary at the trade deadline when they should have been moving it off of their books. Instead, they took on guys like Beauvillier and traded for Philip Aronik, things like that, that really put this team in a spot that was really untenable. You were over the cap. You had players to sign. They still have some players to sign this summer. And now basically in years when Philip Aronik will need a new deal, Elias Pettersson, all those guys that are going to be getting paid more eventually Yes, the cap's going up, but you're going to have some bigger contracts on your books by then as well, theoretically. So this doesn't, it's a short-term fix, a a nice, um, quick gratification that you get from buying this player out. Whereas we're also just what we were one day into the buyout window at the time. We don't know what the cap's going to be next season. And I wonder if the cap had gone up 3 million bucks would suddenly someone like Connor Garland be a little bit easier for a team to take on? Does it make sense to move on from that player and maybe even attach a sweetener to it if you need to, rather than having Oliver Ekman Larson on the books for the next eight years? Yeah. Uh, Just quickly here before we move on, the other side of this, Oliver Ekman Larson going to be a UFA on July 1. Any teams you think that should have interest in him? Oh, man, I think there's probably a whole bunch, and it's all going to come down to his willingness to play for a short-term, short-money deal, which I would think at this point is the smartest thing for him. He can double dip. He's already getting paid basically $2.5 bucks from the Canucks for the next number of years. You've got that in your pocket already. Go sign a one-year deal somewhere with a contender. Boston, Tampa, go down the list. There's a whole bunch of teams I would imagine even the Stanley Cup champion Vegas Golden Knights, a lot of teams could add a left-shot defenseman that makes sense. I mentioned Boston, Tampa, Florida, Seattle, Carolina, Detroit, and maybe the Vegas Golden Knights or the Islanders. Those are all teams that I think of right off the top of my head saying, man, they could use a player like this on a short-term, short-money deal to go out and prove it and then cash in next summer yet again Mm-hmm. The salary cap goes up in a significant way. Go and prove yourself. You talked about the line of thinking that the Canucks used here of, okay, it's going to be painful down the line, but it benefits us this year. And when the cap goes up, 
that dead money's not it, it's not as much of a hindrance. Let's talk about some other teams that could maybe be sharing in that line of thinking, Frank. And you had your list uh, last month of the top five buyout candidates. And it started with Kyler Yamamoto. It included Mike Riley, Mikhail Granlin, Anthony Mantha, and Ryan Suter. I would add a guy like Matt Murray in there. Today on the DFL Rundown, you brought up Joel Armia of the Montreal Canadiens as well. Are any of these, as I rattle off the names, do you go, that's a smart buyout? And which ones do you think might happen but are maybe short-sighted? Well, I can share some intel with you with regards to someone like Kyler Yamamoto. I think enough teams have already stepped up and had conversations with the Edmonton Oilers that at the very worst case, they think they can unload him without having to attach an asset to him. So that's obviously a lot more palatable, even though the buyout is small in terms of 400 and some thousand dollars on your cap. You'd certainly rather have no cap hit than have one at all. So um, I, I think that's something that the Oilers are looking at uh, when it comes to some other guys in the list and, and the calculus for some teams becomes, can we just survive one more year? I think Matt Murray is an LTIR candidate. And in fact, I think the Toronto Maple Leafs are interested in trying to move that contract if they can, because they don't want to be operating in LTIR if they can avoid it. Mike Hoffman is a guy from the Montreal Canadians that they're trying to move. Uh, also, uh, they're trying to basically give him away for free. They don't want to attach anything to him in terms of a pick in order to make it happen. But then the push to that becomes for a Canadian team that probably isn't going to make the playoffs next season. Can you just survive the start of the year on the cap and then trade him at the deadline potentially and retain half? Maybe that becomes a lot more of an attractive of an option instead of giving him away for free. Just hang on to him a bit. And then you have a trade deadline asset to move. That's, one of the big things, Tyler, that GMs kind of joke about now is that's the new line of thinking that that's how one GM is selling it to another of, hey, I'll trade you this guy for free now. And then look, six months from now, you have an awesome uh, trade deadline asset that you can flip. So maybe you're not getting anything for him now, but you can get something for him later if you're able to wield your cap space appropriately. So um there's a couple sneaky buyouts out there, Tyler, and I would say one that I have in the back of my mind is TJ Brody from the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's a $0 cap charge for this upcoming season if you were to buy Brody out of the last year of his deal. And two seasons from now, it would be a $2.5 million cap charge. Again, theoretically, when the cap is going up by 7 or $8 million. So if you could move off of TJ Brody's $5 million and have a $0 charge, yes, you need to go out and replace him, but at least it could potentially give Brad Tree Living some money to play with. The only thing I wonder about is TJ Brody's obviously a guy that Brad Tree Living knows pretty well. What are his thoughts on that? And is he better off just keeping him for the year? Interesting stuff. Potentially some buyout news coming this week. We're dubbing it the week of news, Frank, because I'm holding you to your promise. Uh, let's talk Can't about come the up with anything better than that. Uh, no, not on the spot. The I am running on news. Okay, good. <laughs> Put it on a shirt. It looked good. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the potential Hockey Hall of Fame class, Frank. We could get some news on this coming in uh, the next few days here. Let's start with some players who are maybe or who are first year eligible. And I think when you look at this year's class, there is one clear cut lock and it's Henrik Lundqvist, right? Like the other two, Corey Crawford, Justin Williams, great playoff records. I don't consider them Hall of Fame pieces at all. Lundqvist, 1000%. Yeah, totally agree. Henrik Lundqvist is a total lock. He 
not only meets, but exceeds the standards. And there's been some unbelievable work by Paul Paduti on our daily face-off website the last few weeks, sizing up not just this class, but overall how the Hockey Hall of Fame has done its business over the last number of years leading up to Wednesday's announcement for the class of 2023. And he agrees, Henrik Lundqvist, in a position where goaltenders are are really left out to dry. There have you know only been so few elected since the NHL went to the expansion era uh, post-1967. It's crazy that there's only been 13 goalies inducted in that time. As he pointed out, there's been more Winter Olympics in that span than goalies at the most, I think, critical position in the NHL that have been added to the hall. But I think what gets really exciting after you get through the, the list of uh, you know, first-time eligible players is maybe the chance to, to right some wrongs, Tyler, and mm-hmm. that um, you have some guys that have been lingering out there for a while. And so these are some of the names that are on the watch list. I think Curtis Joseph, in the same vein of what I was saying about um, goalies, Cujo is well um, well earned a spot in the Hall of Fame. Henrik Zetterberg has a really interesting case, and and Paul has done a great job of going in depth on a lot of these. Alex Mogilny, he says, is so far overdue. He's he labeled him as the Hockey Hall of Fame's most outstanding omission, and he actually presented a pretty interesting case the other direction of why Rod Brindamore is not, in his eyes, hmm. Hall of Fame material. So um, obviously, a, a fantastic career that he thinks has been aided by. Um, the idea that he's now a coach and is back in sort of the limelight and has done a great job that it's only helped his case when really um, he's Rod Brindamore's case, at least according to Paul seems to be a bit of a compiler. So I'd like to see someone like John LeClaire get in. And if you go through Paul's work, I urge you to do it on dailyfaceoff.com. He's the first person to really put every player that's ever played in the NHL on a level statistical ice surface based on the difference of scoring uh, between eras as, as it goes through. Uh, it's great work, and so he points out why some of the guys that played in the NHL's dead puck era, including LeClaire and Mogilny and others, really deserve to have a seat at the table, even though their numbers might not be quite as eye-popping to you uh, in the grand scheme. Interesting. It'll be fascinating to see who does get the call and great shout out to it adjusted hockey on Twitter as well. He's been doing some great work over on dailyfaceoff.com and over on that Twitter. It's a must follow if you're a hockey fan. Uh, let's move on to our fourth topic, Frank. You talked about Rod Brindamore, the impact he has on the Carolina Hurricanes. How about the impact that their assistant GM Eric Tulski has had on that roster? And he's been someone who's popping up in a lot of GM interviews over the last little bit. But he's not your traditional hockey guy. He comes from a background of being a chemical engineer. This guy has 26 patents. It was a fascinating interview on the DFO Rundown, Frank. And you asked him a little bit about, you know, his maybe reputation or history of not being a traditional hockey guy. If it's hindering him a little bit and his thoughts on it, here's what he had to say. No, I mean, I, you know, obviously I share your perspective on that. I've been in working in the NHL for almost a decade now. And if, you know, certainly my chemistry friends would describe me as a hockey guy, right? (laughs) um, You know, like I, I've been in the league a long time. I've seen a lot of how teams work on the inside. I didn't play the game at a high level. That doesn't mean I'm not deeply immersed in hockey. Um, You know, ultimately, People are going to value whatever they want to value. And if it's important to someone that they have certain things that only come from having played at the NHL level, 
you know, that's, that's their decision. That's a perfectly, there are things that that person will see that I won't and will be able to communicate that I can't. I think there are also benefits to my experience and there will be people who value that. And, you know, every, every hiring manager has to make their own decision about what they value. Frank, if I were to sit here like a fool and tell you, Eric Tulski can't be a GM because he has here or because he isn't a hockey guy, what would your response to that be? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I mean, let, let's consider that he, you know, his background worked in nanotechnology as a chemical engineer, probably had a, a pretty nice job and a, and a really comfortable living and decided to walk away from that so that he could dive in headfirst to something that he had done as a passion project on the side. I knew him way back when in 2010 and beyond when he was just writing for broadstreethockey.com to have someone that quits their day job to then become a hockey guy. Doesn't that actually make you one? Like you have immersed yourself in the sport in a way that, you know, you could only dream of having someone do so because he didn't play at a high level or doesn't speak or sound like the normal hockey guy. What does that even mean? His fingerprints are all over this Carolina team that has been one of the most consistent, consistently excellent teams in the NHL for a while. Why wouldn't you give you know part of the brains of this operation a chance to go see if he can do it on his own elsewhere? Because he isn't winning press conferences or whatever the thought process might be, I'd say throw all that out the window and all I really care about are results and success. And to hear the other parts of the interview, urge you to go check it out and listen to it. He's got a fire that burns deep being graded on wins and losses, which I think is all you can really ask of someone. Let's just get the best and brightest at this position instead of trying to win a contest of popularity and or looks. Yeah. 100%. 100%. The interview was fascinating. You can find it now on the DFO Rundown. We're a couple minutes behind. So let's get to this week's edition of the All 32 with Molly Walker. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. 
on the New York Rangers beat for the New York Post. Always a pleasure to welcome Molly Walker into the show. And Molly, let's start with the signing of Zach Jones on the surface. Looks like a great deal for the Rangers. Could there be some ripple effects from that into how they build out the rest of their blue line? Well, I think more of the ripple effects will come from Keandre Miller's next deal. That's probably the more important one. But what this is telling us now is that the Rangers are thinking that Zach Jones has graduated from the AHL. And just like last season, he did compete for a spot at a training camp, which he did kind of win, even though he went back and forth with Libor Hayek for a majority of the season until Ben Harper came in. But they're going to be in, in a very similar situation at the start of the season with Zach Jones. And and the hope is that he will be able to seize that third pair role next to Braden Schneider. But he is going up against Ben Harper, six foot six. And Gerard Gallant obviously had a had a you know, he liked a bigger body defenseman on the back end. So that's why they got Nico Mikola and went back and forth between those two. But who knows what Peter Olaviolette is going to prefer, but Zach Jones should definitely be in the mix for the Rangers decor next season. Yeah, it's really interesting, Molly, to see potentially some of the stylistic changes and preferences between the coaching staffs. But wanted to ask you how you think this Rangers team improves. Like what would be number one on your priority list positionally to make this Rangers team better next season? Well, I think a lot of the onus falls on these star players. I think last season they came off of such a big playoff hangover and it took a really long time until Jacob Trouba threw his helmet across the ice um, that they kind of snapped back into it. And I think the key for them is going to be coming to the season strong and maintaining that for the entire season and proving to themselves confidence-wise that what happened in the playoffs last season, first-round exit to the Devils, which was colossally disappointing, doesn't define them. It should just be a bump of the road on their way to the bigger picture of hopefully, hopefully hoisting the Stanley Cup at one point. But I think a lot of it is going to be confidence and shaking off last season because it obviously did not go how anybody thinks that it should. Um, I think that it definitely is going to be a forwards um, responsibility going forward. You look at the two teams who just won the Stanley Cup in the Vegas Golden Knights and the Florida Panthers. They both made seismic changes to their cores at some point. The Eichel trade, the Kachuk trade. When you look at this summer for the Rangers, you mentioned coming off the bitter disappointment of losing to the Devils. Do you get the sense that they could want to make a big change to the core or is this a run it back kind of scenario? I don't. I definitely think it's a run it back scenario, especially when you just look at the way that their cap is is situated at, at this moment in time. So many of their top players, their core players, are there's so much money wrapped up in them. So many no move clauses, so many no trade clauses. Um, these, this is this is their core. This is who they have for the foreseeable future. Um, and I definitely think that last season I, they're not. And I don't necessarily think it was a personnel issue so much as a performance issue in the first round of the playoffs. So hopefully in their eyes, they see this as an opportunity to rewrite that. And I don't think that there's any you know, inclination to tear it all down at this moment in time. Um, I think that they worked really hard to acquire the players that they did and that they do want to see this through uh, for the time being. Yeah, Molly, I totally agree with you in terms of um... – don't expect any seismic changes, but when it comes to next season and, and you look at the kid line, for instance, and the previous reliance on this, that line to kind of continue to progress and step forward um, and build their game, it's come in fits and starts, which I think part of it is to be expected. Um, but how long of a leash do you think there is for those guys in terms of if they're not 
um, you know, meeting the level of expectation next season is, is that when we could begin to see some change there? Or do you think that's even possible that some of those discussions happen in the short term, given that they're all going to be owed contracts? Well, definitely. I think especially when it comes to Alexi Lefrenere and Capo Caco, I definitely think they have only a, so much more amount of time to, to prove what they can do in this league. I'm very curious to see how Peter LaViolette or organizes it. Gerard Gallant obviously went with those three, the kid line as more of a secondary scoring line. Something tells me Peter LaViolette might want more of a checking line or a matchups line. Gallant wasn't a matchups guy. And I think that the Rangers probably need that a little bit more. Um, I, I'm not so sure how sold I was on the kid line at all times. They bled scoring, scoring chances sometimes. And I think that it's probably time to see if they can make it separately rather than just together. Um, it's up to them to actually do something with the opportunity and show that they can be top six contributors, Capocacco and Alexi Lafreniere in particular. Um, so I'm very curious to see how they do under Peter Laviolette and what he can bring out of them, especially Alexi Lafreniere. I feel like there are a lot of eyeballs on him this upcoming season and a lot of onus falls on Peter Laviolette to see what he can get out of him. But um, it's all yet to be seen. And I don't, the leash is definitely getting shorter and shorter every year and, and could be rounding out um, that what his future looks like in the NHL, whether it's with the Rangers or not. A Rangers fan in the YouTube comments saying no more kid line, please. They're begging for it. Uh, Molly, <laughs> appreciate your insight as always. Thanks for hopping on the show today. Thanks for having me guys. Again, you can find Molly's work at the New York Post. She's also on Twitter at Molly Walker with two E's and two R's. Frank, the YouTube chat is buzzing with hashtag AskDFO inbox questions. And going back to our initial conversation about the Canucks, Barris chiming in, and he wants to know what you think Elias Pettersson's next contract could look like. Would he be willing to go the full eight years considering the state of the Canucks? Why not? If you like it, if you believe in what's happening, if you believe in Quinn Hughes and you believe in some of the talent that um, Patrick Alvin and his scouting eye can put together around you, uh, you know, unless you're looking for a precedent setting deal, which I don't really get the sense that's what drives Elias Pettersson, uh, I would say, of course. And what does the next deal look like? Uh, Vera, I have a hard time handicapping that, but I'd, I'd have to think that this is one of those you know, 10 million AAV kind of deals, maybe plus. Uh, Cedric is in and says, putting Chicago and Arizona aside, who can take on big contracts this year? Who's in maybe the best spot, Frank? I'll frame it this way. Who's in the best spot outside, outside of those two to weaponize their cap space? I actually don't think Arizona is going to be in that market to be weaponizing their cap space. I think one of those teams is the Chicago Blackhawks. I think the Anaheim Ducks are always hungry to do something like that. Um, probably has passed by the Detroit Red Wings in terms of being competitive. So when I look at, you know, a couple of those teams that are in that spot, I'd say the Ducks, the Blackhawks, and maybe you could get the San Jose Sharks to weaponize their cap space. But outside of that, that, that market is really kind of dwindling, which for some teams kind of comes at the perfect time with the cap potentially going up. Interesting stuff. Uh, we also got a question in here from Tony, which ties in perfectly to garbage time. Frank, he wants to know, did the Golden Knights overdo it with their drunken Stanley Cup parade celebration? Uh, let's wrap up the show with your thoughts on Wild Bill Carlson being perhaps the drunkest man alive. 
I definitely did not have uh, William Carlson on my bingo card to go full Frank the Tank, uh, but I'm here for it. I love it. I'm, I'm from Philly, so like I'm used to the Jason Kelsey Super Bowl parade wearing full mummers gear, and that was absolutely epic. And Aaron, you can roll the video on on William Carlson over the weekend to get a little have flavor. Have been here day fucking one. so amazing we played Arizona in the first game and we beat the shit out of them <laughs> I love how he goes back to the first regular season game in franchise history like anyone even remembers that it was Arizona aside from him and the whole thing was fantastic did Vegas overdo it it's Vegas there is no overdoing yeah. it and more to the point my favorite part of the entire clip is when he finally just gets like shushed off the stage yeah. by someone. I don't know if they work for the Golden Knights or whatever, but someone at some point was like, yo, get this guy out of here. You're done. Uh, that was interesting, I guess. Yeah, going back, what, what was up with Arizona catching all these strays during the playoff run? You had Bruce Cassidy throwing shade at them and now William Carlson. Like They're probably sitting there like, what the hell did we do? Well, what they did is they lost multiple votes of confidence from multiple municipalities in Arizona, but that's yeah. a story for another day. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, it was quite the time in Vegas, a Stanley cup parade on the strip. I, I mean, if you would have told someone that 10 years ago, they, they probably weren't believing you, Frank. Uh, we'll see what the summer holds now in Vegas with the golden Knights. Here's to open. We got some news to chew on tomorrow. Big shout out to Molly Walker for popping on the show today. Everyone in the YouTube hit the subscribe button, hit the like button. We hit six K on YouTube, a big milestone for us. And a uh, shout out to our producer, Aaron Bordado. We'll be back tomorrow. Noon Eastern time. We'll chat with you then. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row. Dreaming of something better. Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? 
but there's more. You gotta decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount, and that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's gonna find the back of the net first, and you're gonna wanna be careful, because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you gotta predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.